Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. It is Saturday, which means I'm here with Sarah. And I'm here with you in the office. I know. I was just thinking that. Like, we're actually in the same place, Mm -hmm. which always makes it a little bit more fun. So the other day, we were talking about Q&As, and I was like, I just want to throw out into our Facebook group. We've got a free Primal Potential Facebook group that's so awesome. These people are so awesome. And I said... What do you guys, what do you think about having a Q&A episode that's all about topics related to money, getting out of debt, financial improvement, financial goals? And we got so many questions. It's a hot topic. I know. I know. We're not even going to be able to get through all of them today, but I promise we will do another episode because we will answer every question that came in. If you are not in our free Primal Potential Facebook group, please do join it. I'll link it up in the show notes for today's episode. Because I actually would love to have a really great conversation about today's episode over there in the Facebook group, because one of the questions is about how couples handle money differently. And I think that would be like a really cool thing to discuss in the Facebook group and kind of see what different people do differently. Oh, yeah. There's probably a lot of stories. Yeah. Yeah. And like what has worked for folks and what hasn't worked for folks. And I know for me, it it took a long time to figure that out when I was married, Um, what works for us and what really doesn't work for us and where do we both feel really comfortable. Um, So we're going to talk about that a little bit today, but definitely head over to the show notes for today's episode, primalpotential.com forward slash 737 if you want to join that free Facebook group where we hang out and we talk about kind of things we're working on in our lives and episodes that really moved us and ask questions and it's a good spot. We also have a giveaway today. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to, I think it was, was it last Saturday that we talked about the Beekeepers Natural stuff? Yes. Yeah. I want to give away more of that because I'm really enjoying it. And I'm on, (laughs) you know, of all the, of all the things that I want to help influence in the world. One of them is helping people stay healthy without destroying their microbiome. Mm -hmm. Because there's just, I think, too many people overusing antibiotic type products, antibacterial kind of products, like kill all the bacteria, but we really don't want to do that. No. Like really, really. And there's so many amazing options. I just, I think this in so many ways that we just live in a wonderful day and age where there are so many options. It doesn't have to be antibacterial freaking everything. There's so many other like good quality, healthy, wholesome options. So Beekeepers Naturals is one of those. I'm really enjoying the throat spray because for me, taking care of my voice is very, very important. But also just getting a quick spritz of several hundred micronutrients at once. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all about that. Anything that I can do to stay healthy without 
taking the approach of antibacterial anything. And there is a time and a place for antibiotics and all of that kind of stuff for sure. But um, the overuse just makes me a little crazy. I know we've talked about that before. Yes. Yeah. So um, what we're going to give away today is a little... uh, sampling of different beekeepers naturals products uh, including the throat spray that we gave away that I talked about last week as well as the little honey sticks because that is just such a cool treat in my energy plus every day yes I'm I'm loving it and you're now drinking yours hot I know what I love you have to try that yeah um I'm actually drinking my protein hot right now yeah I used the the (laughs) Chris didn't believe me when I said that this was a thing, but my Vitamix blender has a soup function that makes things hot. And he's like, well, how does that work? And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Who needs to know? It just does. I mean, if there's power to it, it can make things hot, right? (laughs) Um, I I really don't know. And I'm I'm not, why why do we have to know? Why why do we have to know how that works? Um, But yeah, we will announce the winner at the end. You can win. We give something away every single Saturday. And all you got to do is... Leave a review of this podcast in Apple Podcasts, or you can leave a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon, or you can post on Instagram or Facebook. Just make sure to tag me with an episode that you're listening to or an episode that you love, um, and you can be eligible to win. But don't worry if you don't win today. Check out beekeepersnaturals.com. Use the coupon code PRIMALPOTENTIAL because that's going to save you 15%. I've been really into coupon codes lately. Oh, I love them. For a long time, I just kind of, I don't know if it it wasn't top of mind or I just had a lot going on. I have a lot going on now, but now I will go out of my way to try to find a coupon code. Yeah, I do it every time. Do you really? Every time. Yeah. So folks, just use the code PRIMALPOTENTIAL on beekeepersnaturals.com and you save 15%. Awesome. Easy peasy. You don't I'm even have do to. It. Yeah, you don't even have to search. All right. Today we're talking about money, and I love talking about financial stuff. I really do. I think it's so important. Yeah. It, it was always uncomfortable to me until yeah. more recently. And that's why I think it's such a cool thing to talk about because what is one of the number one stressors for like everybody? Money, money, money. Right. And you just saying you're gonna make my mom Aww, so happy. Yes, that's for you. <laughs> You're welcome, Cindy. Um, but no, it stresses people out so much. And like everything else, there's so many ways to take control and make it better, no matter how old you are, no matter what you do for a living, no matter how high your expenses are or what your income is, we all have the opportunity to make this a little bit better. So we got a ton of questions. We'll probably only get through a handful of them today, but don't worry. We'll come back to them. And if you join that Facebook group, it's a great way to uh, get your questions to us so that we can talk about them on the Saturday show. Let's do this. All right. I did it again. I know. Oh, Cindy's going to be so happy. She's on my brain. Yeah. All All right. right. What do we got? How does spending and staying on a budget relate to the same mindset as health and weight management? You know why this came up? Like this particular question, the way, like, how is the mindset the same? So um, we were on one of the coaching webinars. We have coaching calls every single week in the 12 Weeks to Transformation. And um, one of the first questions one week was about, it was about somebody's relationship. Oh, I know what it was. Um, it was a married couple and the the wife was in the, is in the 12 Weeks to Transformation. And she was sharing that she works and her husband who's older is retired and they're in debt and she can feel like frustrated and resentful that she's working and trying so hard to pay down their debt and he's retired. Um, and and it, she went into detail, asked a specific question. I don't remember what it was, but 
one of the first things I said is some of you might be wondering like why we're talking about relationships and financial equity and all of that kind of stuff um, in the 12 weeks to transformation. And I said, the mindset that we have going into a, a relationship shows up in our mindset about food and the tools that we have to use to improve our relationship are the same tools that we have that we can apply to our health or our weight or our finances or anything else. And and so the next day somebody was like, okay, so how does spending and staying on a budget relate to the same mindset as health and weight management? I did the first episode on this like a bajillion years ago. It was episode 19. And in that episode, I talked about what getting out of debt taught me about my health. Because for those of you that have been listening for a while, you know that I weighed over 350 pounds. And while I made good money and my former husband made good money, we were still living paycheck to paycheck and felt like the money was already spoken for before it came in. And we had um, about $130,000 in debt between cars and maybe just one or two credit cards, like some furniture. And I think our wedding bands we had put on a credit card, um, but then student loans, right? And even though my biggest source of unhappiness in my life at the time was my weight, I decided one day, I hadn't been successful for decades at losing weight. I was like, you know what? We're just going to get out of debt. And I felt really driven to do that. So I just, I went there and and uh, we paid off that $130,000 um, in about a year and a half, And it was in that process that I learned so much that had been missing from my pursuit of taking care of my physical body. Little things like when something goes wrong, you don't just throw it all out the window. You know, when you are trying to get out of debt or you are trying to stay on a budget, if not every day, certainly every week, definitely every month, something is going to come up that was unexpected. So maybe you realize that you need to buy oil for your house and you didn't know that and that wasn't part of your budget or you blow a tire or you have to make an unexpected trip or you forgot that there's like four birthdays in your family and it throws everything off. And when you're trying to stay to a budget and you're, or you're trying to get out of debt or just trying to be financially responsible, Those things are going to happen constantly. And if every single time they happen, you say, screw it, I blew it, I'll try again next month, there's no month in which you're really making an effort, you know? And yet, when it came to my mindset around taking care of my physical body, let's say, for example, that I decided that I was going to eat super clean. I woke up in the morning and like, today's the day I'm going to be really strict. You know, I used to think in terms of, in terms of those kinds of words, God save me, it never worked. But you know, I'm going to eat super, super clean today. And then I go into work and I find out that my boss is taking us out for Japanese food for lunch. And that totally screws with my plan of this lame salad that I brought. And so I figure, well, today's not the day. I'm going to have to do it tomorrow. Something's going to come up all the time. All the time. You plan to have spinach and salmon for dinner, but you get home and you realize the salmon's still frozen and the spinach has gone bad. There's so much about spending money or staying on a budget that relates to the mindset of of health and how we take care of our bodies. First thing I would say is go listen to episode 19 because that entire episode is devoted to this question. Um, Overall, though, 
a lot of it has to do with consistency. And you know what? As I explain this, Sarah, if you'll make a note about this, because I need to do an episode all about this. I was on a phone call yesterday with one of my partners in my other business. And she was sharing with me that she needs to be less emotional about the business, right? And she said, because what happens is like sometimes I'm super pumped up and so I'm doing all the things and then other times I feel like nothing's working so I'm not doing all of the things. And she said, I just need to be less emotional. And she said, I don't know how you do it with primal potential. I don't know how you manage to not be emotional and stay really consistent. And I said, that's not the way it works. I'm extremely emotional about this business. The difference is my work ethic and my daily habits don't hinge on that emotion. So I can feel fired up, excited, and everything is great, and my habits look the same as they do when I feel frustrated, the sky is falling, nothing's working. And I said, and that's, that's the difference. When you feel fired up, your work ethic and your habits look different than when you aren't fired up and you're not motivated. And that's what happens a lot of times with budgeting or with health. Our emotional state is separate from our habits. And that is the difference between people who are consistent and people who are not. It's not that we have to avoid the highs and the lows. It's not that we have to eliminate the ups and the downs and the struggles and the setbacks. They're going to be there regardless. But do your habits waver? You know, are you behaving differently when you're motivated than you're behaving when you're unmotivated? Is your work ethic dramatically different when you're in the mood versus when you're in, not in the mood? And that is true whether we're talking about budget and saving money and being financially responsible, or we're talking about going to the gym, or we're talking about eating well, or we're talking about building a business. That is, we need to do an episode all about that. I know. I was just thinking about um, Atomic Habits, which yeah. I just read out your suge- suggestion. But um, yeah, it's so true about getting fired up about it. And the excitement, I think, is what draws people to actually do the work. Yeah. But I... And, and it was funny because this, this person I was on the phone with yesterday, she was like, I don't think you've ever said that to me. Mm. And I was like, well, but here's the beautiful thing. She's already doing that. She owns another business. I said, do you ever feel like it's not going well and it's been a bad week or whatever? And she was like, yeah. And I said, but do you just stay home? You know, and she was like, well, no. And I said, it's not a new skill. Most of us are already doing that in some other area of our life. So it doesn't have to feel like this big, this big thing we need to develop. Most parents do that with their kids. Mm -hmm. The way you care for your children doesn't vary much based on your mood. You still feed them. You still make sure that their homework is done. You still get them to school and get them to their extracurriculars, whether you feel like it or not. We just have to apply that mentality to the area of our life where we're not currently applying it. And that's it. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I said to her, I said, it's not just with Primal that I do that. With my other business, whether I'm feeling it or I'm not, whether I feel like I have time or I feel like I don't, I, my habits remain consistent. And that's what works. Somebody said to, uh, to Chris the other day, they were playing with the dogs together. And um, she, the person that he was with said, well, it's just easy for Elizabeth. Everything she touches turns to gold. Yeah. And I literally laughed out loud because I was like, 
that's not true. You know, <laughs> I mean, my renovation project certainly has not been like that. My struggle with my weight for 30 years certainly was not like that. But I think what people see is I'm consistent. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes all the difference. I am not perfect in any way, shape, or form, nor am I trying to be. But if I'm anything, I am consistent. And that is that is such a parallel between spending and staying on budget, mindset, health, relationships, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. This next question says, how to pay off debt with a spouse that isn't on the same page? He is perfectly fine having debt. I want it all gone. How do you have discussions on this? Oh, I've tackled this one. Have we done this on a Q&A? You'll have to tell me. Have I, with you, talked about the story of how I did this with my former husband? I remember you mentioning it, but I don't know how much detail you got into. So when we got out of debt, I was married. um, And it was very much the same situation. I was fired up for it. Like, let's go. And, And he was all hell no. He was stop signs. I was green light. And, and for a lot of people, they just figure, well, I can't. First and foremost, I'll tell you exactly the way we had the conversation, but first and foremost, you can do your part whether somebody else is or not, right? So even if they continue to put stuff on credit cards, you can develop a discipline and a work ethic and a budget and all of that without the other person on board. Does that mean that you'll pay off the debt without their support? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it'll take longer. Maybe it won't happen without their support. But let's not discount all that you can do on your own, even if the other person is not on board. That's the first thing. The second thing is, so here was my situation. In hindsight, if I were to talk to him today, he would agree hands down that he was so glad that we did it. But starting out, his perspective was, don't you dare put me on a budget. And I don't want to go on a budget. I work hard and I want to be able to spend what I want to spend, when I want to spend it. And his, his bigger perspective was, he was doing, he was doing okay, right? Um, he was doing well for kind of average standards, um, making low six figures at the time. And we were in our twenties and he's, he said, I make more now than my parents ever made combined in a year of their life. And he said, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. You know, we, we had a new house and we, while we were living paycheck to paycheck, everything was getting paid for, you know, we weren't behind on anything. We could cover our bills, but I wanted something more than that. I wanted financial freedom. I, I didn't want our paychecks to come. We both worked at the same place at the time we got paid weekly. I didn't want to get paid on Friday and feel like, well, that's great to cover our bills. And now we wait till next Friday. You know, we didn't have the freedom and the flexibility to just take off on vacation when we wanted to. We couldn't be as generous as we wanted to with our families. We had to be um, judicious about where we went and when we went and how much we spent if we went out to dinner and that sort of thing. Um, And it wasn't a bad life, but it started with me sitting down to explain why I wanted to do this. And and as simple and obvious as that sounds, I think a lot of people skip that part. And it's just like, I want to get out of debt. Debt is bad. We have to do this. I had to paint the picture of why I wanted it to be different. Yes, I acknowledged it was going to be a shift. But it it wasn't all just my way, right? And I could have done this so much better. But essentially, the conversation can be, well, what are you willing to do? 
If my, if my thing would be, let's cut everything that is unnecessary, let's ditch the cable, let's stop going out to eat, is there a change that you are willing to make? You know, are you okay with downgrading our cable package? Or are you okay with only going out to eat three times a month? Or are you okay with um, calling our insurance providers and seeing if we can get some kind of discount on the rates that we've been paying? First, paint the picture of why you want this and why this is important. Second, ask, what are you able and willing to do? Is there a way we can meet in the middle? Because for better or for worse, we're partners in this thing called life, you know? What can we do so that we're both getting our needs met? It might not be that it's 100% my way, but it also doesn't have to be 100% your way. And the key to these conversations is you're on the same damn team, right? This is not an argument. This is not, it's not fair. It's not trying to be right. It's trying to get it right. Trying to be right would look like, this is what I want to do and I'm going to try and convince you to do it my way. Getting it right is, well, where's the balance? And for me and my former husband, it was about um, how much discretionary money he had every week. And we had to work around what he felt comfortable with. And when he said a number that I was like, I don't feel good about that. We said, well, what is a number that you do feel good about? And, and ultimately, you know, we both felt happy in some ways. And then we both felt like we had given something in some ways. But the key is to not see it as you're on opposing sides to really talk about how to make it a win for both of you, and most importantly, to set the vision for, for what you're trying to do. And, and I explained to him, this isn't a forever thing. This is for a period of time for a greater benefit so that we can live this particular way. Ultimately, did it go as fast as I wanted it to? No. Was it as cushy and comfortable as he wanted it to be? No. And even if your person says, I'm not budging, there's still a lot you can do on your own. Yeah. Do you think he still lives that way? Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen his bank account, but I would bet, I would bet a lot of money that yeah. he does. Yeah. 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 Without knowing him at all, I would bet too. Yeah. All right. How do I slow down my online shopping? It's so easy late at night to do and then forget. This is another really great one that parallels so perfectly with how we take care of ourselves, right? Like this question comes up all the time about eating at night. Mm -hmm. I do so well all day, but at night, you know, things slow down and I don't even pay attention. And the next day I feel really bad about it. It's the same exact set of tools. And that's the beautiful thing about the 12 weeks to transformation, to be really honest, is that we're not tackling food we're not tackling money directly. We are building these set of tools that then apply to everything, which is so magical about them. Um, okay, so a couple of things. First is have a goal in mind, you know, a goal that is an improvement for you because when it's vague, then we don't have any way to kind of assess ourselves what is an improvement for you? I've shared a million times that with food, my first improvement was a smaller order at Chick-fil-A for breakfast. It wasn't this, this vague notion like I want to eat better, right? Because it's very hard to be honest with yourself about whether or not you're hitting the mark if it's really vague. So let's say that you look at, look at an average. How much are you spending on non-essentials per week or per month, right? 
And if you figure it out per month, then divide it by, you know, how many weeks in a month to figure out the average per week and then set an an improvement that you're willing to do. Let's say you're spending a hundred bucks a week on miscellaneous purchases. This week, I'm setting myself a limit of 50, you know? And as far as the forgetting part, this is why I recommend journaling. This is why we do the identity journal because life will distract you. And it is very easy. You know, I can set an intention to meditate every morning, but if I don't have it in my calendar or on my list, preferably both, then it can absolutely get to nine o'clock at night. And I'm like, oh crap, I forgot I wanted to meditate today. You know? So, so having it top of mind, revisiting it, The other thing I would say from a tactical standpoint is stop saving your credit card numbers to online shopping things. You know, like if you can, even on Amazon Prime, you can remove your credit cards so they're not saved there. You can make sure that when your computer prompts you and says, do you want to save this for your next purchase, that you say no. You cannot bring your your purse or your wallet up to your bedroom, that sort of thing. Um, You can have an account that you, this is something I did when I was getting out of debt. I had an account that I would move a few bucks a week to. I mean, I don't remember if it was 10 or 15 bucks, but it wasn't much more than that. And, and that was kind of like my, my discretionary fun money. And I only would buy something when there was enough money in there to do it. But if you're paying out of the same thing that your paycheck goes into and your bills come out of, then it's easier to spend that money. But if you know that you're not doing it on a credit card and you're not doing it out of your main checking account, you have a, an account that is exclusively for your online shopping and you set a budget for that, that is really going to help. And if you have to have credit cards or, I'm sorry, debit cards attached to some of these online accounts, then have it be that one that has very, very little money in it, that has only the amount of money that reflects what you want to spend every single time. Um, The other thing that you can do is there's all sorts of programs that will allow you to lock your computer at a certain time. Lock yourself out of your computer, you know? Lock yourself out of your computer after 9 o'clock at night or whatever the issue is for you. Um, And then come back to why. Why does this matter? You've got to know because if it's just a vague aspiration, oh, I spend too much, I should spend less, it's not really going to drive you to change your behavior. But if you know, I'm trying to save $1,000 this month or... I can't go on this vacation or I can't start this side hustle or I can't uh, get this advanced degree that I want if I don't save this much money. Like we have to have kind of a driving force there. Um, but yeah, I don't, what do you think about slowing down online shopping? Well, I loved your idea about the bank account. I think yeah. that's something I want to implement. Yeah. Because I don't do much online shopping. And if I do, I do have that coupon code. Yeah. But um. But yeah, that's such a great way of just knowing how much you have specifically. And and if you don't have that in the account, that's not happening. Right. And it's super easy to set up. I mean, the beauty of online banking right now is that you can log on to your personal checking, open another account, set up an auto uh, deposit into that account of whether, you know, depending on your budget, it might be five bucks a week, it might be 50 bucks a week, it might be a hundred bucks a week, whatever's an improvement for you. And like, that's, that's your fund mm-hmm. for that kind of stuff. Yeah. I love that idea. Yeah. All right. The next question says, how do you balance building up savings, eliminating credit card debt, and saving for retirement? I'm going to default to Dave Ramsey Mm. on this one. And there's a million different strategies. There's no right or wrong. Just like there's, you know, a hundred million ways to start a business and a bajillion ways to lose weight. There's a lot of ways to improve your finances. I love the simplicity of Dave Ramsey's approach. 
And if you haven't read his books, Total Money Makeover is a really, really great one. Um, Financial Peace is a really great one. Um, But what he says is, first, you have an emergency fund. And you are not, you, you pause your retirement contributions and people are like, oh, but then I miss out on the matching. We're not talking about for a freaking year. You know what I mean? Um, and, and a lot of people already have this first level hit, but $1,000 emergency fund so that if you blow a tire or your furnace goes out, it's not a financial crisis, right? And then after that, you go to your debt and that is your focus you are putting everything towards that. And honestly, that's what I did. And what that meant was for the year and a half it took us to get out of debt, and some people it takes two months and some people it takes five years, but I wasn't contributing extra to my retirement. Now, I don't feel like I missed out on that time contributing to retirement because now I can contribute a whole lot more. And the faster you can get there, the better. So his approach, and it's not the only approach, but it is the one that I used and and still use and, and really love, is you pay off your credit card debt before you're putting extra money into savings for a house, before you're putting money into extra savings for retirement. If you want to do the minimum for the match for your company, cool. You want to do that 3% so you get that 3% match, that's fine. But all the extra goes towards your debt And only after that debt is paid off do you start taking extra and maybe you bump that retirement contribution from 3% to 6% or 6% to 9% or whatever it is. Um, But I, Dave Ramsey, it's not just that I've used his process and I really love it. God, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people have. And it just works. It works in its simplicity. Um, It works in its accumulative effect. The fact that you know, every little step forward that you make, you now have more money to put towards the next thing. So anytime somebody says like, how do I balance this? My, my strong recommendation is Dave Ramsey. You introduced me to him too. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan. Yeah. And, and I have found that his book especially is, is very much in layman's terms. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And And it really makes sense. He answers those questions of like, oh, but I feel like I should also be doing this at the same yeah. time. He is really the expert at, uh, at addressing why he recommends it the way that he recommends it. All right. This says, how to really handle the need, want, I deserve this kind of feeling. Perspective. You know, perspective, especially when it comes to I deserve this. Because I used to think that way a lot. Like, I deserve a new outfit. I've been crushing it. Like, I'm going to go treat myself. But It's perspective because I deserve to not be financially burdened too, you know? Which one do I want more? Perspective. It's no different than the mindset of I've been so good, I deserve ice cream today. All right, fair enough. That is one perspective, but you also deserve to no longer struggle with your weight. You also deserve the reap the, to reap the rewards of consistency. You also deserve to be really high energy today. You also deserve to have the body and the health that you want to have. Perspective is the key there. Need is a little bit easier, you know. Um, I think our basic needs are are food and shelter. I would say that people listening to this podcast probably have enough clothes. You know, that's like not, uh, it's not going to be a a need, Um, but truly need, truly need. Is this, is this in the, in the category of food and shelter? And even, even with food, like 
is this a need or is this a want? And I, I really feel very fortunate. My mom used to talk that way to herself and with us kids growing up um, because we were very middle class. My mom uh, was a teacher. My dad was a contractor. And I, I would go shopping with my mom and she would say, oh, I want this, but I don't need it. You know, and so we always heard that or she'd try something on. And she'd be like, I like it, but I don't love it. And that really helped me. And I've, I've adopted that very much with food. Like, is it worth it? You know, and another question that I ask myself that really helps with this kind of thing is if I say yes to this, what am I saying no to? Because I have financial goals. For example, you know, we're, we're wrapping up our renovation, but there are other home projects that I want to do. And I've told myself um, for financial reasons and sanity reasons that I want to have this much money saved before we start this particular project. So I could buy those shoes or if I have that money, I can move that over into the savings account for this project. Which one do I want more? You know, this is the tool that we focus on most in the 12 weeks to transformation, which is becoming a better thinker. You can in a moment be like, oh, you know what though? I totally do need new boots and I deserve them. I've been working so hard. I haven't bought myself new boots in like two years. That is probably very real and very true and very fair, but is it a complete thought? Does it reflect the entire reality? Do you have shoes for your feet? Do you want these more than you need them? Is there a better use of this money? The number one tool that we develop in the 12 Weeks to Transformation is becoming a better thinker, and that is what this boils down to more than anything. Yeah. We have one more question here. It says, I want to know how partners handle their money together. I struggle with this one and I have no idea how people do it. You know, it's kind of like if somebody were to say, I want to know how people lose weight. There's so many ways. And most of this is going to be learned through your own experimentation. So I'll tell you um, what I did with my former husband and I'll tell you what, what we do now uh, in, in my house um, in, a, in a very different situation. So with me and my former husband, we were both working and we were both making about the same amount of money. When we first got married, he was making significantly more than I was. But um, towards the end of our relationship, we were making about the same. And... Uh, when we decided to get out of debt, we had a master checking account that our paychecks went into and that all of our bills came out of. And then we had, we each had our own like personal account. And because we got paid weekly, a certain amount went in there for gas in the car, um, for, you know, miscellaneous expenses, whether that was, you know, a working lunch or um, just blow money what was what we called it. Um, and we agreed on, I got less than he did because I was willing to take less, you know, as a way of helping us get out of debt. I said, all I need is this much per week. And he was like, well, I want this much per week. And I said, okay, fine. It doesn't have to be equitable unless that's like super important to you. But I was more interested in getting out of debt. So I took the bare minimum. He wanted to have a little bit of a cushion. Um, and I would usually like save up my blow money, you know, uh, whereas he would kind of spend his week to week on like going to a movie or something like that. Um, that, that worked for us. We had a, we agreed upon a grocery budget and different things along those lines. And then I managed the budget. He did whatever he wanted to do with his blow money and his little personal account, but I managed the budget. Uh, when money would come in for like Christmas gifts, that was ours. That was our blow money that went into our personal accounts. 
what we do now is ever evolving um, because I talked about this. I've got a Facebook group for my for my other business for folks who are curious about learning more about it. And uh, one of the things that it allowed us to do is have Chris stay home um, because it's I'm continuing to work with baby and it just made more sense for us because we are able to to have him be home with the baby taking care of the property we've got we've got a lot going on here that you can do can keep somebody busy um but what that means is financially it's very very new territory for both of us in that um there's essentially one income and what that looks like is a very, very candid conversation about the bills and what his expenses are, what my expenses are, what our collective expenses are, um, and then like what makes him feel good about having to you know go out with his friends or whatever, not have to like ask for permission, but also not just to use a, a joint account and then I don't know what's coming out of it, you know? So we have very, very candid conversations about that. And there's also an expectation of responsibilities. You know, if I'm working, then it's not just you do whatever you want when you want to do it. There's a division of responsibility, just like there's a division of of the money that comes in. And we're really, really clear on that. Week to week, what are the things that you're going to own? What are the things that I'm going to own? What can you take off my plate in your role? Um, and, and what do we want to outsource? And I won't say, whereas I can say on, on the relationship with my former husband, we got to a point where we did what works. I think right now we're at a place where we're just like trying different things and figuring out what works. But um, some people keep their finances totally separate too. And then like one person will write a check to the other person for half the mortgage or for, you know, some people... Uh, we'll split it so that I take care of these bills and you take care of those bills. I don't think there's any right or wrong. It's just, is it working for you guys? Do you both feel good about it? But this is the one that I thought would be cool to talk about in the Facebook group because I only have the experience of, you know, I know how my mom does it. Right. I know how I've done it. Um, and I think that there's, there is no right or wrong. And I like that this person asked, but I think it's worth um, asking the people around them also. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. What works for you? What doesn't work for you? I think the key is, you know, one person can't set the standards mm -hmm. because then the other person feels like I don't have a voice. And I think also what doesn't work is like being an ass about the conversations. Right. And letting <laughs> it be kind of fluid. Like you said, yeah. you're working on things right now. It could change in six Absolutely. months. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm always asking the question, like, do you feel good about the way things are? Mm -hmm. You know, is there anything you don't feel good about? Yeah. And, and those aren't always easy conversations, but I think they make the bigger picture a lot easier. Right. Yeah. We have a winner for Beekeepers Naturals. Yes. And this is an Instagram person. You want to say who won? Yeah. I underscore 420 underscore 911. All right. I think this person's name is Tiffany. Um, but... I for twenty nine one one. You win Beekeepers Naturals today, but guys, seriously, check them out. You can go to beekeepersnaturals.com. Use the coupon code Primal Potential. You save fifteen percent, and I just saved you having to Google for a coupon code. Look at that! I know, right? All right, what are you doing this weekend? Um, this weekend I have an event for work. And, um, and I don't know we were just discussing how it's supposed to be kind of mild and warm around here this weekend. Yeah. So maybe something outside. That sounds nice. Yeah. What about you? 
I'm going to a baby shower. Oh, this yes. Weekend. Yes, for my cousin. Um, so I'm super excited about that. And then probably work. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the way things go around here. But but I'm excited to see my family and spend the day with them on Saturday. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be great. All right, everybody, you have an amazing day. Keep the questions coming and we will talk to you so soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform.